Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say Alexa or Hey Google. Play the podcast called Corvette Today and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's www.corvettetodaypodcast.com. Sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. Don't forget, there's a Corvette Today Facebook group. Make sure you join. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City. Hendrick is the largest seller of Corvettes in the Kansas City area, and they ship nationwide. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. 913-384-1550. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly Corvette community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. It's time to get the latest Corvette news and headlines with my buddy Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. Keith is a regular guest on Corvette Today, twice per month. We'll keep you up to date on everything that's happening in the world of Corvette. Keith, first of all, the big news yesterday was the 2021 Corvette Visualizer is now online. That's exciting. It is, and I got to tell you, we've been bombarded by emails of people asking when the build and configurator site or when the visualizer site is going to be up for the 2021 models. As you know, we have all these people that didn't get a 2020 car. They were bumped to the 2021 models. And then when we got the new information about the options and colors coming out, people want to see those on the car. They want to build them. They want to see what their car would look like. So, yeah, this was good news. Now, it came out, I believe, on Wednesday, but it, it was like a work in progress. We saw a Thursday afternoon. It was very stable. And by Thursday evening, I was in there building cars and checking out the different colors. The silver flare is new. The uh, red mist is new. Right. So it was fun to play with those, put them on the convertible, play with the nacelles, making them dark, spinning the car around. And that visualizer has really been a great tool for Chevrolet. Glad to see that they've actually got it up. The one thing that it doesn't do, though, is you can't build a car and then it'll give you the MSRP price. Oh. We'd actually reached out to Chevrolet maybe a couple weeks back asking when it will be up on the build and configurator site on Chevrolet.com. They never really do that prior to the model year switchover. So we expect the build and price will convert over to being able to build out and price your 2021s probably in late October, November, sometime in there. Well, that's good to know. And speaking of builds, it's nice to see that the Bowling Green assembly plant has surpassed the halfway point in builds and orders accepted. You know, the things are really 
right now with the second shift online. Right. I broke out some numbers for you. So on Monday, they passed the halfway. So if you remember back in May, the Corvette team said, we are going to build everybody at 3,000 status. Right. And that would total 20,181 cars. So on Monday, they got to the halfway point, which I think was 10,103 or so. So that was the halfway point. But this week has been the biggest week yet of Corvette production for the 2020s. For example, yesterday they built 185 cars. Wow. And for the week, Monday through Thursday, they've already built 725 cars. So if we just say, okay, if they do another 185, because they did yesterday 185, on Wednesday 183, and on Monday 185. So if we say they did another 185, that gives them a total of 910 cars for the week. Wow. Again, if they do the 185 today, we will see over 11,000 cars built. So just a huge number. Great to see the team is able to get the supply. That's what we were really worried about was the suppliers being able to handle this kind of demand. But it all looks good right now. So I would say that if they can keep it up, we're going to see a lot of cars being produced over the next few weeks and into the months. And it was good to see the Kai Spandy during the anniversary celebration kind of demystified the order and build process for everybody that attended. If you haven't seen this video, it was done by the Corvette Museum who uh, recorded it. They have it up on their YouTube page and on their Facebook page. It is a great video because what will happen is as a customer, you'll get the, you know, you're at 3,000. And then the best news that you'll get is that you're at 3,800, meaning your car has been built. But the question has always been, well, what happens then? It's really amazing to see the amount of quality checks and the different ways that the car is tested to ensure that it meets the standards to go on. I think Kai said that they do over 8,500 individual systems checks on the car and also includes humans driving the car, testing it on the test track. It's pretty amazing the number of checks that they are able to put together for that. Just incredible. They do a couple of them that they do in this plant only that they don't do anywhere else. They do this major water test where they drown the car is what he says. They literally (laughs) drown the car to make sure that they don't get water into the front and the rear storage area and then into the interior, obviously. The squeak and rattle test, they drive over the Belgian blocks. They've got a test track and every single car goes through that. So if you ever wonder, why has my car got five miles on it? Well, part of that is every single car is driven on that squeak and rattle test to ensure that it's living up to the standards that Corvette expects. That's wonderful. And it's a great thing. I don't mind five miles on my car just as long as it doesn't leak and you don't get a lot of water inside. Right. If you get a chance to see that video as the cars are doing each of these individual quality checks, there's a little bit of video with that that Kai supplied. So we get to see the cars going through the alignment. See, we're down in the pit. They align each and every car as it comes off the assembly line. So there's just some really good stuff there. So if you haven't seen that yet, check it out. I will. I'll definitely check that out again. I think I saw it, but I want to look at it again because there's so much there. Sometimes you don't catch everything the first time, so I want to check it out one more time. It was also good to see we've hit another milestone. The National Corvette Museum raffled off the 1.75 millionth Corvette. Yeah, this is a pretty cool car. Uh, again, just as production goes, I think the last milestone, the 1.5 millionth car, was a 2009. So if you extrapolate that out, it was, what, 11 years between the two data points there. That car was also pretty neat because it was actually allowed to go to a consumer. So it was raffled off as a fundraiser for the National Corvette Museum during their anniversary event a couple weeks back. So that's really cool. Somebody's actually going to be out there driving 
the 1.75 millionth Corvette. So again, just a great job by Chevrolet. And we are definitely looking forward to the celebration of the 2 millionth car. Not really sure when that's going to be. Obviously, we have some more production going on right now. It's pretty heavy, but it'd be nice to see the 2 millionth car also be a C8. Absolutely. And the 2020 Hall of Fame induction ceremony has been moved to the birthday bash coming up in April of next year. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's what we've heard. That's going to be the inductions. The induction ceremonies always happen at the anniversary show over Labor Day. But because of COVID-19 again, you know, it's just another thing that's been bumped. So they're going to do the induction ceremony at the NCN Bash Show in April. And of course, we're looking to see Doug Feehan, Henry Haga, Mike McKay, and Wendell Strode, former CEO of Corvette Museum, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's pretty cool. And it'll be nice. I love the bash event. It's one of my favorites to go to. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that in April. Me too. I enjoy doing that. And hopefully we'll be out of the pandemic as well. We can only hope. (laughs) Absolutely right. The last piece of news I think we've got here, Keith, is the trunk of the C8 Corvette, whether you have a coupe or a convertible, is actually a little bit different size. Isn't that correct? You know, these are the kinds of things that only the Corvette people just love to pick apart. What's the differences between the coupe and the convertible? If you think about the design of the car, there's a little bit different packaging that's required for the coupe versus the convertible. When we say packaging, we're talking about how they fit everything in the car, like the engine and the associated parts around it. So designers, you know, when they were putting together the uh, requirements for the car, obviously we had to have storage for those long road trips that Corvette people like to drive. But the other major consideration was what to do with the removable hardtop on the coupe. You got to get it in the back of the car so people can take it with them. But to get it in there, they had to slant the forward part of the trunk just enough so that the roof would lay down in there and would latch into place. Whereas the convertible doesn't really have that requirement. So if you look at the wall closest to the engine of the car, the forward part, it's much more vertical. So it doesn't look like a big difference, but our friend Jeremy Welburn put a measuring tape on it. There's a little bit more space at the top top of the trunk for the coupe than there is the convertible. Again, I don't see it as being a really big deal. It's just one of those things that Corvette owners would like to know, one of those topics or knowledge points that they like to talk about. And leave it up to our friend Jeremy Wellborn to find out these little bits and pieces, right? (laughs) Well, you know, he has a Z51 coupe himself, and then his dad just took delivery of a convertible. So he's had considerable seat time in both cars, and he did a back-to-back comparison of both of them. And at the end, he said, that he really felt that the convertible model is the one to have and to drive around. He's got the coupe, but he also likes to show off that back engine area. So he does a lot of shows. So for people that love to show off that jewelry, that LT2 sitting there in the cradle in the back, there's going to be people lining up to do that all day long. But as far as the convertible goes, put down that top, you put down that rear window, you get a much louder driving experience from the engine and the exhaust behind you. So it looks like they've got a hit on their hands no matter which way you go with either the coupe or the convertible. Absolutely right. We're going to take a quick break, but in segment number two, we're going to talk about Corvette racing and some Corvette rumors on Corvette Today, the podcast. Yogi Berra once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up there. At True Wealth and Company, we take that to heart. See, at True Wealth and Company, we believe your retirement lifestyle travels through two doors. Door number one, the blue door, gives you more options, financial freedom. Your money outlives you. Every happiness you wish for in life is through the blue door. Door number two, the red door, is where you outlive your money. You rely on family, friends, or even the state to take care of you. 
At True Wealth and Company, we're not just financial planners. The best way to walk through the blue door is to have a written plan. Make a work-optional lifestyle a reality with our proprietary True Life Map formula. Look towards your future with anticipation, not apprehension. Having a rock-solid fiduciary partner like True Wealth and Company is essential to effective financial planning. There's no winging it. There's nothing left to chance. Look, we don't want you to become another Yogi Berraism. Give us a call today at 913-653-TRUE. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Start your financial independence and work-optional lifestyle today. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We're with Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. Keith is a guest on the podcast twice per month to keep you up to date on the latest news and headlines of Corvette. In this segment, number two, we're going to talk about Corvette racing and also some Corvette rumors. Keith, I think the biggest one that came out this week or the last two weeks is that a camouflage C8 was sighted in Colorado, and that's thought to be the new Z06. Yeah, it's funny. It'll be real quiet for a while, and all of a sudden, we see these images out there of the cars testing. So what we caught our eye earlier this week was the Fastlane website. They had a reader that sent them a picture of nine or ten Corvettes in a parking lot in Colorado. Many of them were covered with full car covers, and then the cars that were visible were all heavily wrapped. Some were just in the vinyl wrap, but then others were in that dark black, what we call cladding, which really covers up everything. So we believe that the Corvette team is doing some high-altitude testing in Colorado. We've noticed that they've been out there quite a bit before with each of their iterations as before they come out. Colorado is ideally suited just because of the higher elevations to be able to test the fuel systems, how they burn, the exhaust, how that works. It's good news to see that the Corvette team's out there and i'm expecting to see even more sightings with that many cars out there they're going to show up somewhere on social media so we're keeping our eyes peeled so as we were looking for more cars we came across another sighting it looked like a stingray on the highway in colorado was captured by a colorado car spotter so again this car had some plugs on it some testing plugs that looked like an engineering car so it's good news to see the cars out there testing and it only means that future products is still coming our way that's great also, in EV news, we caught the tidbit that General Motors is investing $2 billion into EV vehicles. And I think that the Corvette is probably going to be in line with that, don't you think? Yeah, this news is interesting. The $2 billion comes with the Nikola Group, who are determined to build a fleet of trucks, both consumer trucks as well as heavy-duty rigs for transporting products across the country. That company hasn't really produced anything yet as far as I've seen any physical products. And in fact, there was a kind of a damning report out about some of the things that they've been doing. It looks like they might have tricked them. They did a video where they rolled a truck down the hill and filmed it and put it out there as, see, it's running after its own propulsion. So there's some weird stuff going on with there. But for GM, it's all good news because they get access to that. And then Nikola gets access to General Motors production capabilities. So I think it's just another show that GM is really pushing hard into the EV space. And they're looking at Tesla and wanting to go after that market. So it's going to be interesting the next few years. I think so, too. Also, Aeris Design is building a limited production supercar that's based on the C8. This is really incredible news. Yeah, if you haven't seen this car, it's straight out of a Hot Wheels Dreamers pen. 
the way it's it's so low, the big wheels, the big humps over the wheels, just pretty incredible. But Aries Design, they're an Italian firm. I don't know too much about them. A few years back, we covered them. They did a reimagining of a 64 Corvette, and they just basically are 64 Resto Mod is what they put together. But we saw this a lot during the C6 and C7 days where both Italian and American companies would take a Corvette and then strip it down and then put on their own body style around it. I mean, we've seen that all the way back to the C1 days with some of the Italian design Corvettes there. So again, just somebody says they recognize the strength of the Corvette chassis and then they just their own designs around it. So what I found interesting, though, is they were saying that, yeah, when they're done, they're going to sell these cars for 500000 hmm. And I compare that to the Genovation GXE that we talked about a yes. couple weeks back, the electric Corvette that's a C7. Yes. They're selling those for $750,000. So there's a lot of money that's out there for people that really want to have something completely different than what comes off the line in Bowling Green, but yet still have that underpinning of Chevrolet and Corvette. Again, just a pretty cool story, whether or not that it actually comes to fruition. We just have to wait to see what happens with that. Very true. Also, with Corvette Racing, the C8R debuted in iRacing. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, this is one's been coming for a while, especially when iRacing was doing the only racing during the COVID shutdowns. We saw Jordan Taylor and Tommy Milner participating in some of the iRacing series, but there was no Corvette to drive. They were driving Porsches or BMWs, I think. Oh. So now it's come to the platform. You've got the silver car and the yellow car. And not that I'm a big gaming fan, but boy, that'd be a lot of fun to go out and drive America's favorite Corvette racers around all these historic tracks. The iRacing platform is a very serious racers platform, too, from what I understand, is that these people are out there. They want to be real racers. They take it seriously. So it's a good move to get people driving the Corvette. Just one more feather in Chevrolet's cap. That's great. I'm not a gamer myself either, Keith, but boy, that's really exciting because I think I'm in the minority. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I just, boy, who has time to play games these days, right? Exactly. Hey, also, this is really cool. I think this is probably one of the coolest things in the second segment. The electric all-wheel drive C8 hybrid is looking to be out in 2023. Okay, so there's been these rumors out there that Chevrolet is going to develop a certain segment of Corvettes that are going to have the all-wheel drive. So you take out the front, you put electric motors in there, or you put a hub motor on the front wheels. It's not a full electrical system, but it's got batteries for storage, and it's designed for performance. So you're not just driving around on battery power. You are using it for a performance assist. So with the all-wheel drive, can you imagine the 0 to 60 times would definitely drop down lower than the 2.9 currently on the Stingray. GM just put out a press release this week that talks about their Ultium drive units. So they have three electrical motors and then five drive units that are going to be part of this Ultium family. They're all interchangeable, and they're looking to put them on various vehicles. So one of the things I noticed was in their press release, they talked about how this Ultium Drive family covers the front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive combinations, including, and this is where I always say including, high-performance and off-road capabilities. Ah, We know the high-performance aspect of it. We figure the off-road capabilities are they want to put these in trucks as well. So that's how you're going to see General Motors expand their EV lineups into these existing products that are already there. They're just now going to make one version of them electric. So the rumor for the Corvette was 2023. We've always thought that it might be the Grand Sport when they come out with a model that would have the electric all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. But the other train of thought is 
that you could actually do one of these on any single Corvette that comes out. So you could have a regular Stingray and then an all-wheel drive Stingray, a regular Z06, an all-wheel drive Z06. So it'll be interesting to see how this really shakes out. But the technology is there. They're showing us what they're doing. So it's just a matter of waiting for the real-world product to catch up. Man, putting that in a Corvette would be awesome, buddy. It could. Also, our friend Ken Lingenfelter showed off a brand new C8 with a Continental Tire livery. Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> it is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, but it was really a good-looking car. Yeah, he has partners for some of his performance builds that he does, and Continental Tire has been one of his partners for a long time. I remember uh, when he got his 2019 ZR1s, the first thing he does is he takes the Michelins off and puts the Continental tires on them. The interesting thing here is he's got like two or three C8s in-house. He's got one for him, one for his wife, Kristen. And now I think this third one is like the development mule for Lingenfelder. He did do a little teaser on social media. It showed a supercharger and kind of a what are we going to do with this? And then the next photos out were the C8 with the new livery on it. So we have to assume that they're developing additional power capabilities for the car. The only thing that really holds them back is that the C8 Corvette's ECU is all encrypted. So they can do minor changes to the car, but they really can't get into the computer to give it the custom tune that these big builds would need to really be stable. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm sure that once General Motors has a plan in place for allowing tuners access to the ECU, that Lingenfelder will probably be one of the first, if not the first. I know Callaway's also chomping at the bit to get into that ECU. Right. There's just for these guys and to have a car that they can then tinker on. Lincoln Felder not only does like the supercharging, they though they work with turbos, but they'll also just work with smaller upgrades, you know, adding the pulleys, adding the belts and the other things that can add just a little bit more power, but also add stability and reliability to the engine is when you start upping the horsepower. So all that's important. So it'll be interesting to see what Ken comes up with. The future for Corvette C8 is very bright, my friend. That's really cool. Yes, it is. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette on Corvette Today, the podcast. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website, with classified ads starting at just $25, and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, Finders.com. You're listening to the Corvette Today Podcast with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. We're with Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com, getting you the latest news and information twice per month on the podcast. In this third segment, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette. As a matter of fact, Keith, I was so excited to see this. The National Corvette Museum got donated to them a 1954 Corvette. That is huge. Yeah, and it's a cool story, too. The guy that donated, he's an older gentleman, talks about back in the day, his aunt gave him a model of a Corvette, and it just always stuck with him. That model was an early C1, and it could have been a 54, and it just always stuck with him. He ended up getting a car, a 54, in the year 2000, I think. Now, after 20 years of ownership, he wants to share it with other people. What a great way is to donate it to the National Corvette Museum, where they can show it off, and they do some other things with their cars and in the collection, so it's just a nice way to extend that love of Corvettes and allow others to enjoy as well. And the National Corvette Museum got its first celebrity Corvette from country music artist George Jones. 
Yeah, this is a fun story. So if you know the Corvette song or the one I loved before, it's got that line in there, hotter than a $2 pistol. Having spent some time in country music back in the day when I worked at a country radio station in the 90s, this song was on every hour or two, it seemed like, you know, it was just a, a, a real popular song. So it's a 1979 Corvette, and it's a two-tone car. It's brown on the bottom and that light tan on the top. It has a customized plate on the front that says Possum, which I guess was George Jones' nickname, as well as the vanity plate on the rear of the car was No Show which was his also his nickname because of his tendency to not show up for concert events sometimes. So they called him No Show Jones. Oh, no. Again, it's just another celebrity car that comes into the mix for the Corvette Museum. And hotter than a $2 pistol is all I can say about it. That's pretty cool. Also, the C8 has a skeleton car, which has no doors, no body panels. Who was driving that around? We kind of talked about that with our last conversation about some guys that took the doors off their C8 and were driving around like a Jeep. Right. So there's this company out there called Sigala Designs, and they are doing this whole body kit for the car. And I think that the car will actually end up with uh, 28 or 32 different individual pieces that all back, then bolt back onto the frame. And so they had the car stripped down. There's a lady named Wendy Sigala who is the owner of the car. And on her YouTube channel, she's got some videos where she's been working out some parts and putting some new stuff on the car. But here they have the car completely stripped down. And so what a better fun thing to do than to jump in and drive it around. The funny thing is she's trying to turn onto a road and she realizes that she has no side mirrors because the doors are gone. <laughs> and uh, so it, it does make it a little sketchy, but they had a camera car with them so they could get some footage of them driving around. They talked about driving around Mexico, which is always code for if you want to go out and break the traffic laws, you quote, go to Mexico. I actually believe they were in Mexico just based on what we saw from the footage. So again, just people being goofy with their cars and doing something completely different. And that story got picked up by everybody from road and track on down. So again, something fun to do, something you don't see every day is for sure. And I know Sagala Designs has really come in the forefront of the marketplace for making aftermarket parts, carbon fiber parts, which obviously speaks to me, but they're really going heavy into the Corvette market, into the C8 market with a lot of carbon fiber pieces. I think one of their designs on their website will be a full carbon fiber body that you'll be able to do eventually for the car. So yes, there's some light weighting going on, but to see a C8 with just that gleaming carbon fiber pattern all over it, I think would be a pretty neat thing. Boy, that's speaking to me. I don't know about you, buddy, but <laughs> right. I'm already salivating. That's for sure. Uh -huh. Also, we really didn't understand this, but the C8 actually has what somebody terms a stealth mode. Talk a little bit more and explain about that. I can't help but hear the theme song to Knight Rider in my head when I talk about stealth mode. <laughs> yes. Again, our friend Jeremy Wellborn, as he was traveling back from, I believe, Corvettes at Carlisle, but it could have also been with his dad's car. So stealth mode is if you're sitting in the car in the cockpit and it's nighttime and you're driving, obviously there's a lot of illumination coming from the cockpit itself. Your entertainment system there, you've got all the HVAC buttons on the great wall of buttons there, and then all the gauges and dashes are lit up, and then you have lights on the steering wheel. So it's actually quite illuminating inside the car when you're driving at night. So you can actually turn your some dials and turn all that off 
and it just leaves you with your speedometer. And even the speedometer is darkened somewhat. So it really darkens the cabin. So if you're driving late at night and you don't have a lot of street lights, you know, you're just kind of out there. It does help with your night vision to kind of cut out some of that periphery lights in your vision there and just focus on the road. And then you also you have just the speedometer. So again, they call it stealth mode. It seems like the designers and engineers came up with a mode for everything we've seen the five driver modes. Heck, there's even a burnout mode on the car. So <laughs> stealth mode, again, I, I just think of Night Rider. It's a cool feature. And again, it's just something that I think those that are driving late at night or doing long road trips will come to appreciate. Absolutely right. And for the kid at heart, for every man that has played with Legos as he's grown up, Lego has created a ZR1 with a working four-speed manual transmission. I was blown away by that. Lego's got this car out there, the ZR1. It's a Technics version of it. They sold out immediately. They sold out within just a couple months of them being released. So this guy that did this build, this again is what you do when you're locked down in COVID and you've got no one to talk to or no place to go. Right. But he actually electrified his model, and you can see the pistons going up and down. And then he built a working four-speed transmission on there, and he shows you how he shifts it. And then he actually has the car on a dyno, so you see the wheel <laughs> spinning around as well. And then, not only that, but he's got that information outputted to a Raspberry Pi computer, which is not like a Windows machine. It's just a very small, allows for computing power and things like this. So he actually shows on a computer screen, speedometer and the tachometer, I believe, for the car and some other details about it. So again, if you're bored and you're sitting at home and you've got some engineering skills, Lego's a great way to show off some of that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just again, one of those things with too much time on your hands. Exactly. Well, Keith, thanks for being on this week with Corvette today. We'll see you in two weeks and get more headlines and news about the world of Corvette. Sounds great, Steve. And as we always say, everybody out there, just if you see other Corvettes, you keep waving. And thanks once again to our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, Hendrick Chevrolet of Kansas City at ChevyUSA.com and MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.